0: Our text, by the way, Isaiah 26, verses 19 through 21, but put a finger in Proverbs chapter 1 because we will be going there fairly quickly, but right now uh, we're going to just read as a text today because of our messages looking at, really, uh, the pre-tribulational rapture in the Old Testament, and yet we're not going to be there probably till next Sunday when we look at Isaiah next Sunday, Lord willing, I'll have to add that. But tell it to Jesus, I, I like that song, tell it to Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I, uh, you know, those are great words there, and, and why? We should have fellowship with Jesus Christ that is so real and so strong, we know that he is the best one to take it to, uh, Facebook won't do it, going around telling 25 or 30 other people about that old person there, what they did, that, that won't do it, I mean, it'll make it feel good for a minute, then you'll... Feel the guilt of the Holy Spirit convicting you of it later. Right. So, uh, you know, just do it the right way first. Go to the Lord. Go to the Lord. Take it to the Lord. And um, look, if, if they are, uh, if there's somebody out there that's a real problem, if there's something out there that's a real problem, uh, maybe the Lord wants you to let him deal with it. And so just take it to the Lord. And, and then, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. and and have that attitude, and ask him to show you through his word. Okay, let's go on to Isaiah chapter 26 now, and verse 19. Thy dead men shall live together with my dead body, shall they arise. Awake and sing, ye that dwell in the dust. For thy dew is the dew of herbs. And the earth shall cast out the dead. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation Be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. Now shall we pray? Father, I pray as we Go into your word today that it will be clear, be understandable to each one that's in the auditorium as well as those watching by live stream or those listening by radio. Lord, I pray that again, if there's someone without Christ, today would be the day they would come to Him. If there's a Christian that needs to get things straightened out right with God, I pray that today would be that day as well. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Now, last week, we were kind of finishing up here on on the first part probably didn't get through it all, but nonetheless. uh, I shared with you that some people will find out that they were called to do things. God had a specific will for them. That there was just things. God has a specific will for every Christian. If you're saved today, God has a specific will, because we are his workmanship, Ephesians two ten, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that you should walk in them. So God has a specific will. In other words, God has a purpose for your life. Now, what will people think about that purpose? I must tell Jesus. Okay? It doesn't matter what people think about the purpose. God will use you in spite of what people think. Okay? God will use you. If He has a purpose, He'll do it. But so I, I believe that many people will stand that are saved at the judgment seat of Christ and find out that they did not find the purpose of the Lord for their life, and it's simply for one reason. They didn't uh, seek it fervently with their whole heart. And instead, you perhaps maybe feared following the Lord for what it might cost before the world, before others. You see, too often Christianity today is looking to be relevant, as we were saying this last week, relevant to the world. Or relevant to people you wanted to be accepted by. People that you wanted to just uh, be a part of the group, so to speak. And, and would not mind you being around. Now let me say this and say this clearly. First Peter 4, 17 says, judgment begins at the house of God. And if it begins first at us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel? All you have to do is look in the word of God and see what God is saying here. In the Old Testament, Israel, they had the Bible. But then, after the Word of God, after the law, after everything they had, and they were going by that, they were having sacrifices and the other things they were observing that God said to do. Then they kind of wanted to incorporate other things. You can't be old-fashioned. Nobody wants that. Hey, take old-fashioned out of your advertisement. Hey, don't take it out of there is that uh, preaching like it used to be, the old songs. Take that out. We don't need that because people don't want that. Do uh, you remember a few years ago that uh, the contemporary movement got started by going around asking people what they wanted instead of what God wanted? And so that's how rock and roll music got in your churches. That's how denying. So much of the Bible got in your churches. That is why getting rid of standards out of the churches got in there. Whenever I see somebody says, well, we better not have King James 1611 on our uh, advertising because people won't want to come. Okay, whenever people don't want old-fashioned preaching and music or they don't want the King James 1611 on, they don't want that in your advertising, guess what? Don't pay attention to that person. They're wrong. Okay, they're wrong. Okay, what you want to do is stick with God and stick with His way. It's right. Why do we have standards? Why do we preach? It's God's Word. That's why we do it. Okay, you do God's will, God's way, and God's timing. But they won't come. Yeah, They may not. But they come purporting the things that you want them to have. If they come, you put all those things out there, and they come because you did all those things, you're not going to be giving them the Jesus of the Bible. You're going to give them another Jesus that's not going to save their soul, and it's going to deceive them all the way to hell. So, that's not what we're about. We're about standing on the Word of God, because He's the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, and He is the final authority of all. So, we better pay attention to Him. you don't want Jesus just as a part of your life. Now, look, in the Bible, you've seen time after time, even when you get to Malachi, they have still, they go back. Even after they're delivered, they repent. They turn from going the way of the world. They repent, get it right, get it all cleaned up. And in time, they go back to it, go back to it. Even the end of the book of, uh, of, of the Old Testament, Malachi, the priests are all doing the same things again. Hey, we've got to do this. This is what's in today. Uh, People don't want to hear that old stuff anymore. You go to the New Testament, all those seven churches of Revelation. I think of Sardis. Thou hast a name that thou livest. Man, that's the happening church. That's the way things are going there. Boy, I like their advertisements. I like their, uh, well, they didn't have advertisements, but we're we're supposing now. Okay, this is what they would have if they were today. Because everybody knew it. Somehow the word got out. Thou hast the name Thou livest. You're the happening church. Oh boy. Boy do you got these things. Thou hast a name Thou livest. But knowest not that thou art dead. <laughs> when Christ says you're dead, you're dead. You see. What happens. Is that church had the name they were living. But in Christ's sight it was a dead church. Oh. People enjoyed the entertainment. Oh, they enjoyed it all. But in Christ's sight, it was a dead church. Now, what's happened to those seven churches? (laughs) Well, for some reason, they're just not meeting anymore. I could take modern day uh, things throughout church age. This happened throughout the church age. You know, it's interesting. You you get the contemporary movement. They think, boy, this is new. This is it. Yeah, yeah. It's the thing that's destroying Christianity. It's the thing that's destroying uh, evangelism. It's the thing that's destroying your country, your homes, and on down the line. And you've got to wake up, folks. You've got to wake up to the truth. And to say, well, you, you can't do that today. Is to say, hey, God, the Holy Spirit lacks the power to overcome the devil. So we're doing it this way. Well, I wouldn't say that. Well, then don't let your actions say that. Okay? Stay right with God. Stay right with God. Stay true. Stay holy. What is the command First 1 Peter chapter 1? Be ye holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. What about Romans chapter 12? I beseech you, I strongly urge you, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. <laughs> it's not the world, what they think of it. No, Accept one to God, which is your reasonable service. And the word service there in its Greek form has a root of worship. You're worshiping the Lord by the way you live holy. Now you think about that. Let that sink in. Because I want each of you to finish life victoriously, not saved so as by fire, not ashamed at his appearing. I want you to be one that finished well, you see. That's what it, the way it should be, and that's what we want. And so, uh, those churches get judged. They've been judged throughout the time. Uh, my wife and I met at Tennessee Temple College and at the Highland Park Baptist Church, right there in the Chauncey Good Auditorium, which no longer stands today. Kettle Tabernacle, oh boy, it had a great name. It no longer stands today. And on you can go about the churches that one time stood for the Lord, but they didn't stick with it. They got in with what's happening now. And when the Lord took a hold of it, they didn't like what happened now. Some have been allowed to have that repentance. Some didn't want to repent, and they lost it all. And that's, that's why there are churches that sit empty today, because they turned on the way of righteousness. Now, I'm, I'm saying that to Christians right now, because that's pretty well where we got stopped. We, we stopped, as a matter of fact, last time, 1 John chapter 2, verse 28, where he says, Now, little children... Abide in Him. In other words, make yourself at home in Christ Jesus. Make yourself at home in His Word. Make yourself at home in His doctrine and living by the way of the Lord. Abide in Him that when, when uh, He shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed at His appearing. And I've been told, I've been told since i First started pastoring, you can't preach the way you preach. People won't like it. I've got to please the Lord, not people. I want people's lives to change. But I don't want to be responsible for them being misled and taken on paths to hell, or if they are saved, to be paths of being saved so as by fire. That is not my desire at all. Now I closed, I think, last time also with Proverbs one twenty three, which states, Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Now, wait a minute. He has just said, and we're in Proverbs chapter 1 now, so you might as well stay there if you haven't got there yet. But turn at my reproof, okay? You hear a sermon on sin, there's some things in your life, maybe various things that hit, and boy, they hit hard, and you don't like it. I I can tell you right now, there are people that are listening by uh, live stream, or watching by live stream, listening by radio, or come to the auditorium, but any time I say something about contemporary music, I have committed the sin of abomination, the desolation of abomination. In other words, it offends Satan. They don't know that that's what it means, but that's what it does. It offends Satan. But the Lord says, if you'll turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. See, as a Christian, uh, don't resist his Holy Spirit. You're you're sinning against the Spirit of God when you resist His Spirit when He's trying to talk to you, whether it's through your Bible reading, through, through a sermon you hear, or whatever. When you resist what the Holy Spirit is doing, you are resisting the Holy Spirit of God. But if you all react, as He says here, I will make known my words unto you, help you to understand them, to articulate it well, that you might understand it. And that is for our good. Now, a lot of times we have to separate from people. Isn't it interesting that in Romans chapter 16, I've been told this. I have been told this over years. I mean, I I was told this at my first church. I've been told that at this church. But wherever uh, I'm preaching, name names or name sin. Romans chapter 16, (laughs) he tells them to... To mark them, you know what mark them says name, means? It means name them, mark them, make them known. Them that cause division. Oh, so if they don't like the way I'm doing, it, they're causing division. No, they cause division according to the doctrine. The doctrine. Now, look, I, I, I've shared with you times before. I've had great ideas sometimes and I've shared them with people just feeling so good about it until somebody actually figured it out and said, that's dumb. And they told me why it was dumb, why it was wrong, why it wouldn't work. And I really did feel dumb. So I'm not beyond reproof. But I want to be open to the right ways. Always. And that's what we all need to strive to be, is be open to the right ways. Now look, if we separate, and we name sin, it's going to cost something. It'll cost something in this life, and it'll lay up eternal treasure in the life to come. Now, if you lack faith in eternity, in being saved, and being with the Lord forever and ever, if you lack faith in that, then you probably won't do it. But you have to have eternity as a Christian set in your heart so that you know, I don't want to uh, ruin that in any way. Some people have their <clears throat> 401ks, but that's been a problem, hasn't it? And others have their other retirement uh, things that they have laid up. But what happens there? Well, they want that protected all the way. They anyway, want and make sure, boy, they work at it. But now I wonder. We care as much about our eternal reward and our eternal life as we do about our retirement. Because one day, each of us that are saved are going to give an account of ourselves to God. And so, in Proverbs chapter 1, I want to start now right down here at verse 24. I want you to see this passage here because it looks At the unsaved after death. Now I've hit the saved here to begin with. But now I want you to see something about the unsaved. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. That is true. That is true. Christians will appear at the judgment seat of Christ. But unsaved people won't. You say, why do I want to get saved? Because... You don't want to appear at the seat that you appear at, the white throne judgment. Everyone at the white throne judgment, they are unsaved. And it's not going to, that judgment's not going to determine whether they go to hell or they get to stay in heaven. That judgment is going to determine the degree of their punishment in hell forever and ever and ever. In a place where it'll never cease to exist That person will never cease to exist. Their spirit will not finally pass away. They'll never escape forever and ever and ever. Hell will be worse for some than it is for others, but for all, it is bad. It is terrible. And so, he says in verse 24, because I have called and ye refused. I have stretched out my hand And no man regarded. Now what does he mean by that? I called, he refused, I stretched out my hand, no man regarded. I I look at that really in two ways. I I look one way for the Christian. He hears that sermon and it hits sin in their life or it hits other things in their life or things they need to be doing, things they need to stop doing. And they either laugh it off or they scorn it or they have something else to say about it. But really, I'm looking at this passage. I think it really deals more with the unsaved here in Proverbs chapter 1. He says, I called. And you refused. No man regarded. They just laughed it off. They made fun of those people, of that sermon. And then they have to justify it when they start feeling guilty about it. Well, all that church is out for is money. You ever hear that? Why do you have a job? Well, I got to work. I got to earn money. You got to earn money. I mean, you said it's terrible to have money to want money. Why do we want money here? Well, three hundred thousand over there tells you to spread missions around the world. Yeah, I think y'all sitting here in mid Florida, Ocala, with. uh, Daily. <laughs> Daily temperatures, 80s and 90s, and the humidity is better than that. It's 100. <laughs> Wouldn't you like it? Don't you think it would be better set in here without lights and no air conditioning? Well, no, not me. Then uh, why shouldn't we give that we could pay? You, has anybody noticed their electric bill at home went up? Look at all these buildings around here. What do you think electric bill is for that? Listen. God is providing. I will say this, and I'm saying this, this is to glory to the glory of the Lord. But there are enough people in this auditorium and in this church that are members of this church that aren't here today, but they're members of the church and they're faithful in many other ways that tithe that's 10% of your income and offer that's above it tithe what the Lord lays on your heart that's what faith promises that's the offering they're doing that and it's paying the bills so God does that because faith promises you seek God to know what he'd have you to do and you do it you're giving because the Bible shows that it's a way of worshiping God individually and trusting him with it. So, so you do that. That's why you earn money on the job. I think in your homes, you want to pay for it. You want air conditioning? You want electric bill paid. And so that's what happens at a church. Now I'm not scolding anybody because I think God's been very good to us. We're not the church of the millionaires here. We aren't, we may have one or two, I don't know. I don't know what they make. I don't ask. Okay. But we are a church of, of people that love the Lord. And people that love the Lord obey the Lord. And tithing and offerings, not my commandment, it's God's commandment. Do you know that you can count on one hand in all my years of ministry? Now I started my first church preaching and my pastoring my first church in 1978. You can count on one hand the number of sermons I've preached over those years on just alone the subject of tithing and offering. You, you really can. But what I wonder is will I one day be called to account before the Lord because I didn't preach it enough? Now hopefully seeking the Lord and asking to impress my heart the sermons I preach to you each week is what I've been preaching. And I believe it is. sincerely do. And so, going on with this now. You can't laugh it off. You can't make fun of it. You can't scorn it. Because it's going to come back on you and just make it worse for you in hell. But ye have said it not, all my counsel. You heard that preaching. You heard the gospel. You were given the gospel track. You have people praying for you. And yet you set it aside and would none of my reprove. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17 uh, uh, talks about the pastors at the time, and he says uh, to the people that the pastor's going to give an account when you're at the judgment seat of Christ. See, these things of the past are going to come up, and guess what I'm going to get is a pastor being there. I'm going to get asked, did you preach on these things? Now, look, as blind as I am now, you know, but even when I could see, I still did not know everybody that's here each Sunday or each Wednesday or each Sunday night or whatever, or revival meeting. I didn't know everybody was here. You look out there and see in the audience. That's about it. Walk around and shake hands. That's about it. But that, that was the extent of it. I can't see. So how am I going to give account for all these people? I don't know. How could, uh, you say, uh, if if it wasn't Jesus, if it's someone else, Peter, preaching to the 5,000, how could he give an account of each person? He didn't know them all by name. How does that happen? See, the account I'm giving is, did I preach it? Did I teach it? Did I speak the word of God? That is the account. And it says, I'm going to do it either with joy or I'm going to do it with grief. Joy because you followed what God's Word said. Not what I said, what God's Word said, what I preached from God's word. Or you're going to have, I'm going to have grief because I preached it and you didn't respond. See, it won't be a joy to me if you lose reward as a Christian. It won't be a joy to me if an unsaved person goes to hell and I'm asked that I preach it. That is not going to be a joy to say, well, see, you should have done what I told you. That's not going to happen. It's going to be grief to see that soul cast into the eternal lake of fire. Now, let's read on. Verse 26. Notice what Jesus says here. This is something that throws people off a little bit. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. That day man dies on this planet, and this is not even yet at the, at the rapture. Now, now we're, we're going to talk about the rapture in the Old Testament, but I'm trying to get you set up for it right now, because hell is going to be after all of that the eternal lake of fire, that that eternal damnation, people will be raised, people that are in hell right now will be raised out of hell to be cast into the eternal lake of fire, which will even be worse than the fires of hell. The rich man said, I am tormented in this fire. Yes, he's in torment. He's in hell. He's in fire. But it's going to be worse in the lake of fire. Night and day, forever and ever. He says, I will laugh when your calamity cometh. I will mock when your fear cometh. And people say, well, is that right? Should God do that? Should he do that? Well, let me ask you something. Should the people that were crucifying Christ mock him? Hey, he saved others. himself he can't (laughs) save. Who's he? They scorned him. They laughed at him. They mocked his naked body on the cross. They spat upon him. And yet Hebrews 12 12 said, he despised it, but for the joy that was set before him, he endured. Oh, the love of God for each of our souls, for all souls. and you mock, and you scorn God, and you scorn the things of the gospel, and you don't, you scorn going to church, scorn those things, don't forget one day you'll stand before God and give an account of yourself. So this is what the Lord is saying here now. He says, I also will laugh at your calamity, I will mock when your fear cometh, verse 27, when your fear cometh as desolation, You know, if you own houses, you own a house for that matter, you own a car, you have some money in the bank, and other things you have, all of a sudden you lose it all. House, car, income, money, everything, you lose it. That's desolation. And Desolation for the man getting cast into hell is that you've lost all hope all that you could have had. It's gone. It's gone forever. Desolation. And your destruction cometh, he says, as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you. Oh, my friend, that is what God says in his word. In Proverbs chapter 1, he's talking about hell. Oh, I thought that wasn't until Revelation. No, he's talking about hell in in the book of Proverbs. Verse 28 says, When shall they, uh, then shall they call upon me? But I will not answer. See what's happening? Their spirit suddenly cut out of this life and they're being cast into that hell where the, uh, the rich man is right now. Flame torments, and yet not to the extent that the lake of fire will be. They're cast there, screaming. I I can tell you stories I've heard evangelists tell, I I haven't experienced this, of people screaming on their deathbed saying, I'm going to hell! Help me! I'm on fire! I'm in hell! Now I don't know, but I just know this much, their spirit realized the reality of hell and it was too late when they were yelling, help me. It was too late. He says, they shall seek me early. The moment they are in, they leave this body, the spirit leaves their body, they see the destruction and they shall not find me, he says. They'll seek me early. I'm ready to repent now. Hey, I'm ready to be right with you, God. The rich man said, Lord, send somebody from the dead and warn my brothers of this place. And you know what God said to him? you got the Moses and the prophets. In other words, you've got the word of God. It's there for you. I gave it to you so you could get saved and miss this. They've got it. They've got to do the same thing that you were supposed to do, is repent and believe the gospel. And that's what it comes down to. And so, for that they hated knowledge, and not choose the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride, arrogancy, the evil way, do I hate, saith the Lord. They did not fear God. And so, they did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my reproof, verse 30 says. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Ah, here they come again. Going to talk to me about Jesus. I'm going to talk about I need to get saved. Oh, they're going to talk to me about my life, my sin. Look, we don't quit doing, just like I said earlier about the advertising and things like that and the stance that we take. We don't quit saying because they're going to be offended. We don't quit giving them the gospel and trying to get them to Christ. Uh, Jesus don't let, doesn't let up. Why should we? So, people, you know. You've worked on them for a time and it just seems like they're impossible and you may have been close to giving up. Don't give up on them. Look, you and I, you and know, I know one of this. If if you're truly saved, you're right with God as a Christian. You know Him. One of the sins that you know that is going on in the church today is, well, it's a double thing. It's the contemporary rock and roll, and it's removing the standards. And that's condemned throughout scriptures. That's not a new thing, by the way. It's not something that happened just today. No, that's been going on. Verse 31, Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them. And the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. Now, I actually had a man, I said, uh, I went through the gospel with him. He saw that he wasn't saved. I said, would you like to be saved? No, he says, I'm afraid I would. He was running for public office. I'm afraid I wouldn't win the office if I did that. Well, he won the office. It also got taken from him. But my friend, what I want you to know is this. If your heart and life is not committed to Christ, I'm reading to you your testimony for eternity. Verse 33 says But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. He won't be like that person entering to the hell once the spirit leaves this body. He'll be quiet from fear of evil. He'll be rejoicing. However, don't be just saved so as by fire. Saved because as a Christian you were doing the will of God throughout your life. Yes, there is a pre-tribulation rapture that's going to come. I want to get onto that next Sunday. But what I want you to see right now what we're doing right now, all of us accounts for as a saved person, if you're saved, you've got to decide whose side you're on. What the world tells you, this is what you need to do. What marketers are telling us, this is what churches need to do. What others are saying, this is what you need to do. Or you need to say, what does God say? You better go with what God says. Go with what God says. Because that's the way to victory and reward. Look, some will be in heaven saved so as by fire, nothing. The Bible says you're going to count the loss. People will see what the Lord had planned to reward them with, and it's lost. And they're there, but they're saved so as by fire. And one of the dumbest things that you'll regret ever saying if you say this because it'll be brought before your mind at the judgment seat of Christ, one of the dumbest things you can say, well, as long as I'm saved, that's all I care. Oh, the one that loved you so much that he would take on a human flesh and body and die for your sins. Now, all you care about him is to say, well, as long as I'm saved, it's all right. I don't care about anything else. What kind of a Christian is that? That's not Christian. That's not Christ-like. That's saved so as by fire. And my friend, I may sound pretty tough today on that, those things, but I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. I don't want you to save so as by fire. I want you to finish well. Do you really know the purpose God has for your life as a Christian? Have you sought it? Have you committed yourself to it? Have you dedicated your life to it? Look, you can be a salesman, you can be a political office, you can be uh, a mechanic, whatever the vocation may be. You can be that and still serve the Lord and be a light. As a matter of fact, whatever your vocation is, God wants a light in that vocation. Be what God wants you to be as a Christian. Follow the Word of God. Stay true to it. And don't let the reasonings of men deter you from the Word of God. But on the other hand, if you're not sure if you died today that heaven's your home. Friend, I just read something. I didn't even read about the lake of fire itself. Just some of what's facing you and you'll stand before God, all heaven, all eternity, all people who ever lived in eternity will know everything about the thoughts, intents of your hearts, your deeds, all of it, because you will not allow it to come under the blood of Christ and cleanse your life. Isn't it time to turn to Jesus now and quit putting yourself, your attitude of I want to be relevant to the world and decide I want to be relevant, but I want to be relevant to Christ, His will and His way. Are you absolutely certain, can you give a Bible reason that if you die today that heaven's your home? If not, in a moment we're going to sing a song of invitation. I'll be having everybody stand when we sing what we're going to ask you to do. If you're not sure if you died today that Heaven's your home, I'm going to ask you to come down here and meet me at the front and I will direct you to someone who is trained in the Word of God that it will open the Bible and they'll show you how you can know that if you died today or a hundred years from now that Heaven is your home. If as a Christian, God spoke to your heart today. And there's some things you need to get right. Maybe you found yourself leaning towards these other directions. Hey, You can turn around right here in this auditorium today, won't you? Come down. You don't have to tell it to me, tell it to Jesus. As she sang this morning, I must tell Jesus. Why not tell Jesus today? Let's bow our heads.